Astrology is a language that communicates how the planets and stars influence life on Earth. I'm Scott Tajarian. I'm an interpreter of this language. Join me and my co-host Ingrid Iverson, who helps bring an even more practical look at this astral language. The Weekly Transit is here to bring clarity to the chaos, so you can ride the planetary waves instead of the planets riding you. The Weekly Transit. How did your breath work thing go? It was so beautiful. Yeah. It just felt really supportive mm-hmm. and less educational in like a technical sense, which I mm-hmm. thought there would be more, I guess, sciencey stuff. It was a lot about intuition. It was a lot about support and kind of teaching and learning from each other in the group. So it was very, very hands on. Basically, it was all exercises for holding space for someone, allowing them for allowing them to hold space for you and then connecting afterwards. There were like touch exercises and like intimacy exercises. And yeah, it just felt really special. And there was a lot of homework and reading involved in it. So it was a very healing weekend, much more personal healing than I thought I was signing up for. Really? <laughs> Yeah, the the books were really powerful. The books were by David Elliott, who's a big L.A. breathwork teacher. Mm -hmm. So they just had all these beautiful questions to ask yourself that you were supposed to answer. And it was a lot of deep work. And this was like to become certified in breathwork or something? Is that what it was? Yeah. Wow. Sounds deep. Yeah, it felt really deep. I think we can all say we're doing the work and we're reading the books and we're looking at the astrology and we're doing all the little self-help things. But it's like, it felt like a big reminder that we have to show up in the uncomfortable moments and actually practice the things that we're learning. Mm -hmm. So we can listen to all the stuff in the world, but if we're not doing anything with the information we've gathered and pushing ourselves to do the healing work, then it's kind of all for nothing. It's also like a distraction. So this felt like very confronting. You know, everyone brings their shit there. Mm -hmm. You don't really have an option. It just comes with you everywhere anyways. And breathwork just brings up a lot of emotion to clear out of your system, whether you know what's sitting in your psychological baggage or not. That's where it comes out. It's kind of a, a meditation and a physical practice to get you in the present moment and also release whatever emotional shit you're carrying around with you that might be hiding below the surface that you don't want to deal with. So you might come in with a certain intention of something you want to let go of and some other shit comes up that's been hiding in there for way longer. And that happened to you? To me and to everybody. Mm -hmm. It's just a, a very interesting space where you get to witness people healing like in a very physical, uh, visceral sense. You see strangers crying or screaming or You know, your body is moving and yeah, it's just very interesting. feels very connected and Mm -hmm. thought I was going to be emotionally drained from the experience, but I felt really fulfilled. Mm -hmm. How are you planning to integrate this in your daily or weekly life now? I'm going to offer some healings to people and see how it fits into my routine. Yeah, I, I think it felt very natural and a way to incorporate all of my different parts of myself and I really enjoy holding space for people so is this something though that like when you wake up in the morning you do 20 minutes of breath work or well I mean in the past I've really used it 
kind of like my meditation practice or any practice. It's like when I'm feeling really good, I gravitate to these practices. Or if I'm feeling really bad, I always know that it's there as a support. So in the past year, I really relied on breath work a lot mm-hmm. to reconnect to myself, get grounded, clear some shit out. And yeah, I've been incorporating it more lately just because I was taking these classes. But I think the important part of breath work is really being with instead of doing to someone. You go to get acupuncture, massage, or a healing from somebody. It's like the practitioner is doing something to you that you can't do by yourself. And breath work as a practice, you definitely get something more out of having the one-on-one session where there's someone to support you. But ultimately, the person doing the breath work is truly doing all the work. It's something that we all have within us. And the transformation that can happen at, through a breathwork session for something that you are doing to yourself is just unbelievable. Like, it just makes you feel kind of like an animal. It's just very instinctual. And it makes you feel very powerful and in control of your own healing, something we have access to all the time. It's free. <laughs> you don't need anyone to do it with you once you learn it. Like, you don't. You, you are the one that facilitated your own healing. And I think that that's really empowering. Mm, yeah. Very important to breathe right now. The weekend just made me think about really integrating, integrating the healing, you know, really recognizing it and clearing it out. And I think I actually brought up the thing you always say to me there, which is like, like, oh, I thought I already did the work and now it came back and you're like, yeah, your psychological baggage is just like your house. You can't just clean it once and expect it to be clean forever. That's, mm-hmm. you know, if you told someone they'd think you're crazy. So when we think about our psychological baggage, just reminders to constantly be clearing it out. And so I don't know, breath work is something that I've been using for, I guess, since I moved to LA. So for probably like eight years and yeah, it's just something I always come back to that really helps me sort out my psychological baggage really mm-hmm. like you really can't hide from it there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling, I'm feeling lighter. Is there anything in the stars that has to do with getting rid of our psychological baggage? Well, I mean, it's, it's all those planets in Pisces still. I mean, the sun is in Aries now, but Mercury is in Pisces. It moves into Aries this week, but it's still in Pisces at the beginning of the week. And then of course, Jupiter and Neptune in Pisces and they're the planetary rulers of Pisces. So illusions, expansion. Yes. Illusion, expansion, faith, spirituality. When the sun moves into a new sign, that's what everyone starts talking about. It's Aries season, Mm -hmm. but we, while we do start feeling that energy. Yeah. Just that nice reminder that all those planets are following so closely behind. We still have a lot to wrap up in Pisces season. Yes. Yes. I mean, Pisces has been a major theme since Neptune moved into Pisces in 2011, 2012. It moved in 2011, then moved back to Aquarius, but it moved fully into Pisces back in 2012. And so that's a big deal. That's That creates like that, that undertone that we've been feeling since 2012, where the planet of illusion, deception, compassion, and intuition in the sign of the unconscious. It's making us more intuitive. It's thinning the veil between us and others in the ethereal realm. And it is 
creating that weight, that heaviness. Uh, We feel compassionate, but it can also feel burdensome. And that's why escape is such a big theme, especially since 2012 with drugs and alcohol, cannabis use going up, opioid use going up, the endless Instagram scroll, Netflix and chill, binge watching, phrases that didn't exist before 2012, another Star Wars movie, another Marvel movie, people are escaping their reality because they don't want to feel what is going on within themselves and those around them. It's too much. So with the sun in Aries and Chiron in Aries, it's straddling between the unconscious realm and the self-assertion, the self-assertive realm. And also Mars rules Aries. Yes. So that's like the planet of action. So some like doing, doing Mm -hmm. something about the shit. Yeah. So when I think of Aries, I think of self-love. And that's why Pisces comes before Aries. Because in order to love yourself, you have to, you have to integrate your psychological baggage with understanding and forgiveness. When you feel guilt and shame and regret you have to show yourself compassion. When you're around people that are triggering you, which is another word that his like sort of... A couple of years ago, no one yeah, was saying that. no one was saying triggering. Like, I don't know where this word all of a sudden came from, but it's just interesting that it, it, it came out of nowhere and, and it feels appropriate because people are getting triggered. And the reason why they're getting triggered is because... There's some shit in their psychological package. It's because of Neptune. It's because of Pisces. Yes. If somebody is triggering you, they are showing you something about yourself that you don't want to deal with. Uh, I was just listening to a whole thing on that today. And it was like someone had posted something and someone took it as a personal thing about them. And Mm -hmm. she's like, I post things on Instagram because they're about me. It's not a text message. I didn't send you a text message. I'm posting on Instagram something that feels resonant to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we consume these things and people, especially with the Internet, it's like everyone has access to everybody all the time and not everything's about you. And if it is poking at you, it's something inside of you. Mm-hmm. Nobody's thinking about you all the time. You're not the top of, you know, top of everyone's list of like, like, what are they going to think? Like, we're thinking about ourselves. Like, we're, we need to be focusing inward and working out our own shit and not worrying so much about what other people are doing. And this is why cancel culture is so prevalent. Because if we cancel somebody, then we don't have to look at what it is about them that is within us. It's like just getting rid of somebody... It's like excommunicating someone from your family. So awful. I hate it. I think it's so mean. If you ever misstep or have an opinion that everyone else doesn't agree with, then now your career and your social life is now over. Mm -hmm. That's so fucked up. Like we change our opinions and we change who we are all the time based on new information. Like you're not even getting the chance to have that person be able to reflect and be like, oh, okay, well maybe that wasn't the best thing to say moving on or maybe that wasn't the best thing to do we're all learning lessons all the time and now because we're in the public eye we have the ability to just cut someone out of life Mm -hmm. 
It's very, I don't know, I just find it very mean. It's it's schoolyard behavior. It is. It's like bullying. It's bu- it is it's bullying. bullying. Yeah, it's like the group, it, like the mob mentality. It's like, we're all against this one person because they did one thing. It's like... We all make mistakes. <laughs> yes. I have so many regrets in my personal life. Maybe not everybody knows about them, but mm-hmm. like... I'm not going to keep doing those things over and over again just because I didn't get canceled. Mm -hmm. I don't need to be bullied or canceled to learn my lessons. Those are our lessons to learn in our own time. No one can force you to learn a lesson anyways. And it's, and again, it's, you're upset at this other person because there's something about you that they just showed you that you don't want to look at. I just think about like the priests or the pastors, you know, I have a friend who, whose friend was married by this this famous pastor and this pastor came out he was one of these people that would like really you know stomp his fist at like gay people and you know homosexuality and then years later it came out that he was getting blowjobs from a transvestite and doing cocaine you know <laughs> it, it's, it's you know but this is that's what people do they're ashamed of something that they're doing. And yeah. so they try to shame other people for their own shame. Yeah. And that's the shadow side. Well, because they're scared of being themselves. Exactly. And that goes back to self-love. That's the shadow side of Aries. The shadow side of Aries is bullying. It's being aggressive and causing conflicts with other people. The, the light side of Aries is self-love. And self-confidence. And when you're truly confident, you don't need to push anybody around. You don't need to be validated by anyone's opinion either. Yes. You're not doing it to get a certain outcome. You're just being yourself. Mm-hmm. That's it. And so when you're being yourself, you don't feel threatened by anyone else. Yeah. Because it's like, I'm me. And it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. Yeah, we're getting our fulfillment from ourselves. There's no need to, like, defend or, like, push our opinion on somebody else. Mm -hmm. Yes. Should we get into the week? Yes, let's. This is the week of March 21st to the 27th. So Monday, March 21st, we're looking at two planets. We're looking at Mars, the god of war, the planet of action, aggression, and conflict, which we were highlighting just a minute ago. Mars is in Aquarius, the fixed air sign symbolized by the water bearer, in alignment with Chiron, the wounded healer, the the wound and the ancient wisdom that is unlocked through healing that wound. This is exactly what we just talked about. Tell me, yeah. What what are you seeing here? Mars, the planet of action in Aquarius, the sign of the community. Mm -hmm. So taking action in the community, connecting to our wound. Where's Chiron? Uh, Chiron in Aries. And what's what planet rules Aries? Mars. Exactly. So that's the connection here. It just feels like if we are expressing ourselves in the community, and that will be healing in itself. And if we aren't healed, that's when we feel that wound be ignited. Mm-hmm. When we're not confident in who we are, and then that's what creates all of this cancel culture. We just have a lot of stuff that's not healed, and that's where it comes out. This could be awakening that that schoolyard insecurity when maybe you were phased out by your friends on the playground or canceled on the playground. This is an opportunity for you to really ask yourself, what is the wound to my self-confidence in the community? And what do I need to do to face 
this wound? What, what are my insecurities in the community and what do I need to do to show greater confidence and courage within the community? What actions can I take that will show self-love and courage? Yeah, that's such a great question to be asking ourselves, especially now when we're also exposed in the community, especially like on, like I said, on all these apps and online, we are exposed to community all the time. We can't just hide in our house. And even when we do, we're not alone. Well, you've heard me say a hundred times, Aquarius is the sign that rules the social network. Mm. So Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, this is all Aquarius energy here. It's the community, it's the social network, it's your online community. So Mars is moving through Aquarius, which means that there could be conflicts. Maybe this is why there's that conflict you were talking about. Somebody said something on Instagram and all of a sudden there's a big to-do about it. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the person that received the message was just like, I didn't even really feel compelled to like defend myself because like, it's not about you. So like, you're the one that has the wound. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sorry you're dealing with that, but I, that has nothing to do with me. Yeah, exactly. And I think we get overly reactive when we think that everything is about us. Yes. That's insecurity right there. When we heal that, it's like our confidence can protect us from the world when it is very harsh out there and everyone wants to have an opinion on what everyone should be doing and saying all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tuesday, March 22nd, we're looking at Mars again in Aquarius, squaring off with Uranus, the planetary ruler of Aquarius, which is in Taurus, the fixed Earth sign symbolized by the bull. So they're squaring off with each other, uh, the planet of rebellion and the planet of action. So on Monday, you stepped into your self-confidence. And now today is going to be a little uncomfy. Yes. Conflict here. Conflict between what you value and the values of the group. It's like personal values and the values of the group. How can you act in a way that is respectful to what you value in the community and what the community values as a whole if there's conflict there? I think that this square won't affect you so much if you're feeling the self-confidence that you are building on yesterday because... Yeah, if you have the self-confidence, it's like, okay, things are going to shift in my material world, in my in my bubble based on what I do and say and who likes me and who doesn't like me. Mm -hmm. And yeah, if we're not healed, that's going to feel real shitty. Like it, it still feels uncomfortable when we go through transitions, but when we're not healed, those those wounds are very raw. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Learning to be okay with not everybody's going to like us. Right. Yeah. And that's okay. And that's, yeah, that's okay. That's the thing. Like if something goes awry today, just go with the flow. Don't try to cling to what you thought the outcome should have been. Go with the flow. Yeah. I think I always need that advice. Go with the flow. Like that just seems like such a theme for me. It's so important. Learning to let go of my made up idea of what I thought should happen or why I wanted to happen or I dreamed up would happen. Yes, and that's a big theme right now with the Pisces energy because when planets move through Pisces, you can also lose faith. And so if things aren't going your way, 
and you're trying to cling to the <laughs> yeah, it's Yeah, it is a loss of faith. Like this is what I thought that everything would turn out. Like I, mm-hmm. I thought I was guaranteed this thing, this relationship, this job, this thing that I deserved or I guess illusion or delusion has been yes. coming up for me a lot. Mm. I thought this one thing and I made it concrete in my mind, but that wasn't even reality. That was something I created out of my wounds and my projections. Yes. And I'm responsible for that. Yes. Came from fears, insecurities. Yeah. That was Tuesday, March 22nd. Wednesday, March 23rd, we're looking at the Pisces. The mutable water sign of Pisces. And we're looking at Mercury, the the messenger of the gods, guide of souls to the underworld, the planet of consciousness, communication and coordination, conjunct with Neptune. The planet of illusion, deception, compassion, <laughs> intuition, the the god of fresh water in the sea. So this is like the planet of the conscious mind, Mercury, and the planet of the unconscious mind, Neptune, aligning in the sign that Neptune rules, the sign of the unconscious, Pisces. Divine timing. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's that illusion coming up, and I guess you want to see through all of that stuff so you can heal this seems like it could be a healing day. Yes, it should be a healing day if if you're working with the energy. It's, you know, how can you take a conscious look at what is going on in your unconscious reality? If you're spending the day playing video games, then you're probably not paying attention to what's going on in your unconscious. But if you are spending time maybe doing the breath work or meditating or whatever moving meditation you do to put you in a coherent space where you can really allow your mind to just go wherever it goes and see what's there, see what comes up, what fears, what insecurities, what shame, guilt, remorse, regret... And then the healing comes through when it comes up, showing yourself compassion so that you can integrate these thought patterns and memories with understanding, forgiveness, and love. The concept of breathwork just ties into that so beautifully because it is, it's a moment that we create where you bring all your shit up and you sit with it. Mm -hmm. And that creates so much healing just to be able to look at it with compassion and that it just does so much to move the energy when we can just look at our stuff and not get caught up in the guilt and the shame, addressing it and then letting it go and being able to move on with grace. Yes. Yes. That's it. Thursday, March 24th, we're looking at the moon, the planet of emotions in Capricorn, the cardinal earth signs symbolized by the goat squaring off with the sun the giver of light, life, and vitality in Aries, the cardinal fire signs symbolized by the ram. So these are two cardinal signs. It's about leadership. It's about taking that first step forward. But the Capricorn Aries energy creates a conflict because the goat wants to map things out, wants to plot the course. The ram doesn't think before it smacks horns with another ram in order to establish dominance so that it can lead the herd. So when you look into the sky today, you will see the half moon. Oh, the half moon. Yes, conflict. Conflict between the emotions and the identity. So what are you working towards? What are you working to accomplish? And how are you holding yourself back by maybe over planning or... 
are you being too impulsive in mm. some way? The balance yeah. of the two. Yes. Plan, but don't hesitate too long. Don't spend all your time planning mm-hmm. and, no, and no time doing. Yes. Or do without planning, and then <laughs> it's a mess. Yeah. So it's about finding that balance. I mean, I also see, I don't know, you tell me if this makes sense, that Capricorn like achievement energy mm-hmm. in relation to your emotions, like how, how do I want to feel emotionally and then having it be conflicting with your current identity? Like you, you're not who you want to be in this moment. So you're saying like what you want to accomplish and achieve is not maybe in alignment with your current state. Yes. Yeah. And that, yes. that makes you feel like agitated. I guess that's the same. It's like that impatience of wanting to be somewhere quickly and you're not there yet. Yeah. So maybe it's like in the earlier part of the week, we're reclaiming our self-confidence and working through our psychological baggage. And, and now all of a sudden it's like, I'm more self-confident. I have more self-love. Now I'm setting these new standards for myself in terms of what I want to accomplish and achieve. But I'm upset because if I had only done this five years ago, I'd be so much further. You know, it's like what people always say. I can totally see that. Once you have the awareness of clearing some shit out, you're like, oh, if I would have dealt with this sooner, then I would have been at this higher place in my life. And then I would be, you know, quote unquote, happier. Yeah. But that, if you're doing that, then you have more work to do in the unconscious because that's not self-love. There's no compassion. There's no compassion. You're suffering. You're suffering. You're blaming yourself. You're feeling remorseful about the choices you made. And if only I wasn't such an idiot when I was in my 20s. Yeah. You know? Totally. (laughs) I mean, I relate to that so much. But yeah, it is recognizing the lessons in that moment we were only doing the best with what we had. Yes. And if we didn't have that shitty time, we wouldn't have learned the lesson. So exactly. it's that catch 22. You have to have that shitty fucking time to grow. Mm-hmm. That's it. If you don't go through it, then you never learn the lesson. It's so easy to get caught up <laughs> in the story of being like, why didn't I do something different in the past? It would have created the outcome that I would have liked. Yes. But that's, it's just not real. It's that is the illusion. It can't happen that way. You couldn't have... You couldn't have acted differently in that moment. It's right. It's like the illusion was you should have known. Yeah. You should have known better. And maybe you can look back and say, yeah, that was dumb. I should have known better, but. I didn't know exactly. better. Exactly. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like you can know something in concept, like you can read it in a book and, and say that you know it, but unless you know it like in your blood, yes. in your body, then you don't really know it. This is so true. Yeah, we we can easily intellectualize things, and that's just not life. There is the part where it's the knowing. You have to absorb it into your body and to act on those things is a different thing. That is a, that is a knowing. Like you can tell somebody, like a child, don't touch that pot, it's hot. And the child can understand conceptually what hot means, but until the child puts the finger on it, and feels what it means. They're not going to learn. <laughs> exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I'm not yeah. going to ever touch that again. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> no, thanks. Exactly. We each have to experience things for ourselves. And also we, I mean, another reflection is to make sure we're not projecting that on other people, wanting them to subscribe to our advice or our lessons. Like I told you so I told you not to do that. It would have a bad outcome. Exactly. I don't think you're doing anyone any favors if you're if you're saying I told you so. That's the worst thing to say. <laughs> Thanks. Exactly. 
you know everything yeah i'm glad you already experienced that but i have to experience it for myself exactly you get that a lot in like relationship advice where people are like you know don't be with that person because i had a partner just like that and blah 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 okay maybe similar but it's not the same experience it's two different people so that person needs to go through whatever they need to go through and you know all you can do is really love and support them along their path oh my gosh that's that's something that is just coming up so much for me lately is yeah not pushing advice on anyone and just supporting them where they are like i have always felt more valuable if i could provide something to somebody in feeling helpful in the doing and it's like no one needs you to do anything for them they have to learn their own lesson and if they want help they'll ask for it yes and being available to help when you have the energy to give, but not overgiving when you don't have it to give. Just like the balance of letting letting everyone just be, because we all have our own lessons we're supposed to learn while we're here on Earth. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what the fuck those are. So we can try to save somebody yeah. by doing all the things, but uh-uh. you're depleting yourself and you're not allowing the other person. You're, you're like not sheltering them. No, you're yeah. sheltering them from the lesson that they need to so desperately learn so they can help themselves. I really hate that word advice advice it's not a good word advice like when you think of vice vice is something that's uh, a burden so like it's you know vice is like an alcohol addiction or something like that so you're adding vice to somebody's life vice is also like like a constriction Uh, vice yes like a vice like there's that saying my head feels like it's in a vice like when you have a headache yeah so you're adding that to somebody when you're giving them advice yeah unless somebody asks for it no it's just a no they're not going to learn and now they don't like you and they can't run to you for support because you're just going to add that like constricting energy Mm -hmm. they already know something's not right Mm -hmm. and someone telling them what to do without them requesting some information just feels even more constricting. Yes. Yes. I heard somebody in a yoga class say once a teacher was like, uh, I offer suggestions and you make decisions. Like, I like that. I like, you know, it's like, this is just a suggestion, (laughs) but if you don't follow it, it doesn't make you a bad person. There's nothing wrong with you. No one's going to like shame you for not following the suggestion. It's just a suggestion. I've had two friendships that the person was trying to force their advice on me and I didn't want it and I Mm -hmm. didn't ask for it. And Mm -hmm. I said, thank you for your concern, but it doesn't apply to me and I'm not going to do that just because you want me to. Yeah. And it kind of dissolved part of the friendship. It turned into a huge ordeal both times. It was so weird. It was like one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had with someone trying to like demand that I follow their advice because they knew best for me well it's it's insulting frankly you know it's basically somebody saying you're an idiot if i could be ingrid i would live ingrid's life better than she would 100 (laughs) percent. it's like excuse me how about you just live your own life exactly you worry about yourself live your life and please let me live my life I, i don't know how to live anybody's life better than them you know, it's like when I'm doing readings for people, it's like, this is where the planets are. Here's the gifts and challenges. I'm not going to tell you what to do, where to go, how to think. It's That's up to you. I'm giving you a map, uh, an outline of the gifts and challenges that you have. And it's up to you to decide whether or not or how you want to cultivate those gifts and work on the challenges. But it, it bothers me when people 
think that I'm like an advice giver. Like I, that's not what I'm here to do. I'm an interpreter and I'm interpreting your chart and that will give you a perspective from the outside of who you are. I think a lot of the times getting a reading is like a reflection of things you kind of already know. And that's what it should be. It's, I should never be telling you anything that is like, no, that's not me. Yeah, I think it, <laughs> yeah, it, it shines light into the dark corners where you, you know something, but you don't want to deal with it. And hearing someone like especially a stranger giving you a reading is like, okay, how the fuck did they know that that was in there? Because I have been trying to not look at that. And yes. you're like, oh, I guess I have to look at it because it's literally, like you said, it's a map. It feels very much, I mean, I guess it is a map. Your birth chart is a map. Yes, it's Holy a map shit. of who you are. It's <laughs> well, also like a, a map of where the stars and planets were, right? Exactly. That's, That's it. crazy. That's it. Oh, it is exactly. such a map. Yeah, yes. it does. It just, yeah, it's some direction, some direction mm-hmm. on where you can go and how you can work with the energy. Like you don't mm-hmm. have to follow it, but it definitely gives you your bearings on which direction you want to go and how you're going to get there. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so that was Thursday, March 24th. Now Friday, March 25th. We're looking at the moon again. We're, we're going to kind of hang with the moon here in, in Capricorn, the end of the week. So I have a question yeah, about yeah. the moon in Capricorn. Yeah, yeah. So is it more how you feel about your ambitions and achievements and goals? Or is it more about the ambition and achievement you have within your emotions like where you want to get to emotionally yeah the way that i view the moon in capricorn is people that are born with the moon in capricorn are emotionally fulfilled by achieving their ambitions and when they are when they are falling short of their expectations that's when they become emotional i see yes so kind of more the former then it's like how you feel about your ambitions and achievements yes okay Yes, it's it's not like I don't think they're sitting around saying like I hope that I'm the most emotionally well-adjusted person on planet <laughs> yeah, Earth. That's what yeah. I was kind of thinking. <laughs> okay. No, like when I look at people that are born with the moon in Capricorn, like like public figures, these are people that are that are climbers. I just finished reading this book called The Gambler. It's about Kurt Kukorian. You know, I had to read it because he's Armenian and got to know all the Armenian people, but he was this guy who, he built Vegas, Ingrid. I was like, I know his name. Yeah. Like he, he built the the largest hotel in, in Vegas or maybe even the world three times. He built, uh, it was called the international hotel, which, uh, is, is now the Hilton or maybe it's something else, but it's the one that's off the strip next to the golf course. You know, there's a tower. It kind of looks like the twins or like kind of like a Gemini vibe, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. I think I have a matchbook from them. And then he built Bally's, which was the first MGM grand. So the, that, the first hotel, the international was the largest. And then he built the MGM grand, which became Bally's. And that was the largest. And then he built the, the, MGM Grand that everyone knows now, the the big green thing, which I think is still like the largest hotel in Vegas, if not the world. So he was a billionaire many times over. So he was obviously so driven emotionally by success. By by achievement. And he was born in Fresno in the Central Valley. Kind of a shithole, isn't it? That's where I'm from. (laughs) I know that. (laughs) 
But you kind of lived in like a little bit of like the the rural area, though. I lived in the rural area. I don't I don't like to say Fresno's a shithole. Uh, <laughs> well, but I, other people do. Um, but it has that reputation. People call it like the armpit of California. Yeah. This and that. But you know. I mean, your childhood sounds very, like, romantic and connected to, like, nature and stuff. I feel yeah, like. it was. But he was born, you know, his parents were, parents were farmers. He didn't come from any money. No money. You know, it's not like his dad was a millionaire and then he became a billionaire. They had no money. That sounds and, so impressive. But he is a Capricorn moon. A Capricorn moon. Capricorn also rules real estate. You know Meryl? Yeah. That's all she likes to do. She has like 10 different jobs. Yeah. She's a Capricorn moon. Exactly. And is she driven? Yeah. Exactly. That's what she loves to do. She has all these old businesses. She has like, she really has like 10 jobs and they're all like very impressive. I'm like, what are you talking about? Totally. She's hustling. She is emotionally fulfilled by achieving her ambitions. Kurt Kikorian was emotionally fulfilled by the next deal, by the next play, you know, that was going to get him to that next level. So when the moon is in Capricorn for all of us that aren't Capricorn moons, when it transits through every 28 days, we're feeling it. We feel that that urge to like, what what am I getting done? Am I getting anything done? Am I getting to where I want to go? So today, the moon on Friday... March 25th, the moon is connecting to two planets that we're highlighting, two that we've talked about this week, Chiron, the wound, and the ancient wisdom that is unlocked through healing that wound, and Uranus, the planet of revolution, rebellion, innovation, independence, and the unexpected. So the connection between the moon and Chiron is a square, because it's that Capricorn Aries energy, just like we talked about yesterday with the sun and the moon. But the connection with Uranus is a trine because it's two Earth signs. So one is a challenge and one is a gift. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that if we're having a revolution to our material world and that's working for us and our ambitions and our achievements, we're starting to feel fulfilled emotionally. That trine, that's that positive feeling. But at the same time, that can be confronting the Aries-Chiron connection is like, oh no, I have insecurities about this shift. Yes. So when you think of Uranus as like the planet of independence and individuality and the trine, it's like, do you have an innovative idea? And you're like, oh, this is a brilliant idea. But then you have insecurities. That's the connection to Chiron in Aries. So it's reconciling. How do you reconcile your individuality, your uniqueness, and still have the self-confidence to face your insecurities so that you can be the individual that you want to be, that you aspire to be. I think that goes back to the clearing out the Pisces psychological baggage stuff. When it's cleared out, you know, we're always going to feel uncomfortable to take that next step, Mm -hmm. but it's going to be less scary and it's not going to control us. We may still have that fear, but we're not going to not step into the next phase because of it. Yes. And that's the help. You know, these planets are still in Pisces, even though we're only talking about these three today. There's still Jupiter and Neptune and Mercury and Pisces that's helping us clear out the psychological baggage so that we can face our insecurities, claim our self-confidence and our independence, our individuality. Today feels like since there's both like the gift and the challenge, it's like that can be a day to take that first step. And even though it's scary, you feel like you're healing that wound and it gives you some more confidence and then Mm -hmm. it 
becomes easier and easier to start stepping into your power. Yes, that's it. It's a practice. Saturday, March 26th, the moon in Capricorn again is now aligning with Neptune and Pisces. So this is sort of like that softer landing here after the two squares in the previous days where maybe you were facing your insecurities and you, you stepped towards your fears and that was scary. But now you have an opportunity to bring your dreams into reality. So what are the dreams that you would like to bring into reality? And you can do it because you've faced your fears and stepped forward with self-love, self-confidence. I like the idea of answering all these like kind of like journal prompts you give for each of the days before the week starts, because I think that that really can like guide your week. Mm -hmm. And maybe even there's like an evolution throughout the week of once you realize maybe you've healed something, you're like, oh, actually, I'm going to dream bigger now. You know, earlier in the week, I hadn't really worked on that thing. So I was playing it small because I still had fear. And then just, I don't know, I, I like the idea of maybe practicing, you know, revising those journal prompts as you learn about yourself. Because I love that. Yeah. Yes. If you sign up for the newsletter, it's free. It's mm -hmm. on the weeklytransit.com. Everything we talk about here is kind of laid out with these amazing journal prompts and the images that we're looking at here to tell you what's happening. Yes. And then also... If you're looking at the images, you might want to buy the book. Scott wrote this beautiful book, The Basics of Astrology. It's on the website. It's 10 bucks. And it just gives you an overview of each sign, each planet, and just a simple way to digest it. So you just get a little bit more out of what you're reading and what we're talking about here. I like when you called it like a glossary. It's yeah. like a glossary. Totally. It's, <laughs> it's a glossary for learning the language of astrology. And in order to learn a language... You need to learn how to read it. Yeah. I've been very avert to reading the astrology books. I have like a bunch of them and I just could never digest it. And this is something, I mean, you could just look through it in an hour, but it's something more that you use as a reference all the time when you're, especially if you're looking at charts or even if you're hearing people talk about it, you can just flip through and it gives you more of an intuition for reading the energy too. Just like a, all of the basics. And then you get to kind of feel into what that means for you. Tell me more about that that intuition part where how did that play out for you when we first started the podcast i was only just absorbing from you what you were putting out there because mm -hmm. i just i didn't know what anything meant i was just kind of you know seeing it from the outside and now that we've been talking about it and especially after helping you with the book as soon as you say like the moon and the emotions like i just happen to whatever energy is happening within me in my personal life without you having to give too big of an explanation i already know there's some internal shit happening, maybe some stuff from my childhood. Like it just allows you to tap into yourself when you're not trying to process things on like a more logical level. Yeah. If you've actually learned the language, you can, you don't have to think about what you say before you say it. Yes. You just are able to speak. <laughs> and what about like the visual aspect? How does that help you? The book has all the colors of the elements, which I think is really powerful because to remember what all the alignments R is really complex, but when I see earth and water connection, I always remember like your little phrases that go with it. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, that's a positive connection. I don't need to see that it's a sextile. I just already know they're compatible. I'm, I'm impressed that you know that that's a sextile. I'm <laughs> like, like you just, that just rolled off. That's amazing, Ingrid. Like you said that like with such confidence. 
Well, now I can I can read it if I just see a chart and there's nothing but symbols. I can I know what that means. Yeah. Yeah, you know what they mean. I love it. It feels really exciting and yeah, it definitely helps you tap into your into your intuition. Cool. All right, Sunday, March 27th. So, Sunday we're looking at Mercury. The messenger of the gods again moves on into Aries. So the messenger of the gods in the cardinal fire sign of Aries. So language is going to get hot. It's going to get spicy. Mercury, Mercury is in Aries from March 27th to April 10th. The last time Mercury was in Aries was April 3rd to the 19th, 2021. So think back to those dates on what may be uh, occurring for you this time, time around. For those that have key planets in Capricorn or Cancer, this could be a challenging period, March 27th to April 10th, as Mercury squares any key points that you have in those two signs. That's when it kind of feels like you might be having your own personal Mercury retrograde. Like if Mercury is squaring your Sun or your Mercury or your Mars, things are kind of going awry. So... For those that have key astrological points in those signs, slow down, take your time. But Mercury and Aries, it's about moving forward, full speed ahead. Like really, maybe you're speaking more rapidly. Maybe the decisions that you're making are are coming much more quickly. This is a really this is really a great time to kick something off, to move forward, to kick down a door, start a project. That's what Mercury and Aries is all about. But also being direct in your speech. Like we don't have time to like sort of bounce around and hem and haw. Like, what do you want? Tell me what you want, Ingrid. I mean, I'm looking at this and (laughs) the first word that comes to mind is self-confidence. Yes. Speaking from a place of self-confidence. That's it. Yeah. Like you said, being direct, it's all about like you're connected to your mind in this time with this like push, push of energy from Aries. It's like, yeah. Say what the fuck you want. Exactly. If you're self-confident, then yeah. you're not afraid. Fucking cancel me. No, don't, <laughs> please don't cancel me. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's true though. Exactly. Exactly. It's like you just say what's on your mind. You're very direct. But if you're doing it from a place of self-love, then you're doing it with respect. Okay. I have the perfect example. A friend of mine is going through like a roommate drama. Mm. Her roommate decided she doesn't want to be roommates anymore. And Ooh. instead of coming to her and talking about it, she just kind of flipped out and she went to her landlord and was like, I don't want her living here and all this stuff. Oh my God. And the girl was like, excuse me, we agreed to live here together. I don't know what's happening with you, but she just approached her in this way that was very direct. It was Uh very confident. Uh And in the end, the girl was acting real crazy. Yeah. (laughs) And in the end, the girl ended up apologizing Mm. and saying, yeah, I was acting insane and I wasn't being direct Mm -hmm. with how I was feeling. I guess I don't like living with people. You have your art everywhere. Like I want my own art and just like Mm -hmm. simple things Mm -hmm. that she could have brought up if she maybe had better tools. But I think my friend has a way about her that is, it's very direct and the self-confidence isn't bullying. Like when you are really grounded in your energy, the outcome seemed very positive, which going in could sounded a really like a precarious situation yeah, and like a recipe for an explosion. But when you can carry yourself with self-confidence, yeah, she wasn't worried about getting canceled or having a fight. It was just very to the point and not like blaming or shaming or, yeah, I think that just looking at that situation made me think the more we are healed and grounded and like collecting our energy to ourselves instead of pointing it outwards at other people, mm-hmm. 
we will have more success in our communication. And that mm. comes from, yeah, self-confidence. She knew she didn't do anything wrong by just existing in her space and putting her art up. Right. She didn't take it personal that the other girl hated that she put her art everywhere. It's like, okay, well, you should have just told me. And I'll move the art. Yeah, or we'll we'll decide on decor for the house together or whatever. Like, that's on you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm open to changing things, but you didn't say shit to me, so how am I supposed to know? Exactly. So, I don't know. I think she diffused the situation by being direct and maybe healing some psychological baggage previously because I don't think a lot of people could have went into that scenario with it having a positive outcome. <laughs> I love I love what you just said there. Diffuse the situation by being direct. That's literally what being direct does. It takes the steam out of the pot so it doesn't explode. If you're not being direct, that's going to create the heat and the, the arguments and the fights Yeah. because the steam has to come out. So if you're feeling something then say what is on your mind. And that's where we can get caught up in our psychological baggage and all the fear. And it's mm-hmm. like, none of this shit would have happened if you would have just said it to begin with. Like we created the situation for ourselves based on our, our past. Yes. Yes. Great, Ingrid. Thank you. You're welcome. I'll see you next week. I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Weekly Transit. Follow us on Instagram for daily updates about the planetary alignments and how to work with the energy. If this podcast is helping you navigate life more gracefully, please subscribe, rate us five stars, and share with your friends. If you're ready to go deeper, book a personal reading with Scott or sign up for his new moon full moon class at theweeklytransit.com. The Weekly Transit. 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 Transit.